I am Steve Perry, President and Executive Director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio. I'm delighted to be on the Elsie and Jack show to tell our fans a little bit about the upcoming uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremonies here in Canton, where seven new uh, enshrinees will be uh, enshrined into this um, spectacular place and join um, uh, the other 200 and uh, some Hall of Famers, a total of 280 that are in the Hall of Fame, and uh, hope everybody has an opportunity to either come to Canton to be a part of it in person or to watch it on television Saturday evening, August the 3rd, 7 o'clock, you'll see a spectacular enshrinement show, and on Sunday at 8, you'll see the uh, preseason football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. So to LC or my man Cornbread, thanks for having me, and I Look forward to uh, seeing you here at the Hall of Fame soon. You are listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show, live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the LC and Jack radio show with your man LC holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us at area code 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. Well, we thank you for joining us for another edition of the show. It's been a great and hot summer, and uh, we just appreciate your support. Make sure you check us out on all our social media, which would be obviously Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yes, we're actually on LinkedIn as well. And um, hit us up. You can also drop us an email at lcandjack at gmail.com. What is the word there, Brad? The word is I'm ready for the pool. What about you, man? (laughs) It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy summer. Um, As we said, very warm can't complain too much, obviously, because when it comes winter time, you know we're going to get hit. So enjoy the warm weather while it lasts, and, you know, we hope it lasts uh, until deep in October. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so that's what's good. So, Brad, our guest for today is on the line. So without further ado, why don't we go right at it? How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. All right. Our guest, Brett, today, we have the current president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is based in Canton, Ohio. We are so pleased to welcome to the show Mr. Stephen Perry. Hello, Stephen. Thank you, Larry. I am great. Uh, Fantastic. You guys were talking about Warm weather. I'm sitting here in Canton, Ohio, looking out the window, and it's a beautiful day. 
and it's going to continue to be beautiful right through uh, Enshrinement Weekend next weekend. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, even if it wasn't sunny, Steve, I'm sure all the Enshriners would say it's a beautiful sunny day. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, As you know, uh, being uh, enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the highest honor that a pro football player or coach or anybody associated with the game of pro football can achieve. And so you're absolutely right. Uh, It's a life-changing experience for these guys, and they really look forward to it. It'll be a very emotional and very uh, celebratory environment around here for the next couple of weeks. Excellent. We we thank you again, Steve, for taking a few minutes out of the day. I know you've been very busy putting this all together, yourself and your staff. So, again, thanks for a few minutes out of your busy day. Sure. Happy to talk with you. Yep, yep. So how does it feel being a native of, of Canton and, and now being, well, have been in charge of the Pro Football Hall of Fame? How's that well, feel? that's that that's a very interesting question, and it's a it's a great feeling uh, because I was just a high school student in 1963 when uh, they broke ground for this building 50 years ago, and I wasn't actually here on that day, but I obviously visited the Hall of Fame in the very early days when it was just getting started. Uh, many years later, I had the privilege of serving on the board of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then now to uh, come and be the president and executive director is a thrill for me. It's uh, really special, as you say, being a lifelong resident of Canton and then now serving in this capacity in one of Canton's iconic institutions is a, is a great, great uh, honor. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And yourself, uh, I tell you, man, I'd, I'd be so proud of myself just being in, in as they say, my backyard and now mm-hmm. being the guy in charge to actually help, um, you know, take it another 50 years. You have mentioned 50 years. How special is that? Just 50 That's years? super special. Uh, I say <laughs> the doors of this institution were opened up in 1963, so we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, pro football has been around for many more years, but we've been here telling the story of pro football for 50 years and then obviously honoring the legends of the game. Uh, In in, uh, connection with our 50th anniversary, what we decided to do a few years ago, we decided to launch a major expansion and renovation initiative. And so the building is larger than it was ever before. Uh, We've added on about 40,000 square feet. Uh, We also have modernized literally every single gallery in the facility with uh, new video and uh, vibrant sound and, you know, um, uh, opportunities to learn a lot about Hall of Famers and the game of pro football in general. So that uh, expansion and renovation project, if that's the only thing we had done, that would be great. But what we were also doing over and above the uh, building is that we've invited all the Hall of Famers to come back for their golden anniversary reunion. And so we're expecting a the largest ever gathering of Hall of Famers to be here during uh, the weekend of August 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, we expect to have about 120 Hall of Famers. So that will be an incredible, spectacular sight to see all those great players and coaches and owners all together uh, here in Canton, Ohio. Yes, it will. Yes, it will, Steve. I will 
Uh, I don't know, Brad, you're going to... We should shoot out there, man. I'll tell you, man. I, 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 wish, I, I wish I could. Uh, if I had known earlier, believe me. <laughs> it's not too late. The, the, I'm, the I'm hospitality. The and, and, yes, I will be there afterwards. But okay. Me, well, we look forward. I hope you give me a call. I'll give you a special okay. tour. But Canton is known for its uh, hospitality to Hall of Famers and all the guests that come in to see the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we'll roll out the red carpet for you guys when you come. Oh, oh definitely. Well, I'm sorry, Brett. Uh, Steve, give us an idea. Obviously, this you know you're coming full circle next week. All mm-hmm. the work has been done, I'm sure, since right after last enshrinement right. in 2012. Could you give the listeners an idea of what you do on a daily basis? Okay. Well, I'll talk about <clears throat> what the organization does and, and then sort of fit in my particular duties and responsibilities. But you're right. Um, as soon as the 2012 enshrinement ceremonies were over, we began the process of beginning to identify the class of 2013. And as you know, um, there's only 280 men who've been enshrined in the Hall of Fame, and that's out of more than 25,000 who've played the game and many more thousands who are eligible as coaches or owners. So it's a very difficult job to try to identify who's the best of the best of the best out there that needs to be enshrined. And we Mm -hmm. have a board of selectors which consists of 46 members of the media, and they start that process. And they start with a large list, and then they cut that list down to a few hundred, then they cut it down to 25, and then by the time we go to the Super Bowl, they've cut the list down to 17, and they make a final selection of seven. So that's one thing that gets started. Uh, the other thing that gets started is uh, there's a whole group of volunteers, over 4,000 volunteers in the greater Canton area, who form various committees, a committee for each event, and they start planning the 2013 festivities. Uh, which actually are already underway, even though the Hall of Famers haven't arrived in Canton yet. But those festivities include uh, a grand parade, uh, which is one of the largest parades in the United States. It mm-hmm. includes a um, a um, gold jacket dinner uh, where over 4,000 people will attend a gala event in downtown Canton when the Hall of Famers will receive their gold jacket, the new guys. Uh, they plan uh, the enshrinement ceremony itself. It takes place inside the uh, Fawcett Stadium, a, a number one high school stadium in the country. happens to be right next door to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it can hold about 22,000 fans. So we hold the enshrinement ceremony and the NFL game on Sunday night. After mm-hmm. the enshrinement is over, the Cowboys and the Dolphins will play a, the uh, an NFL um, season opening or rather preseason opening game over there. So all of the events uh, that take place during the enshrinement week uh, begin to be planned uh, as soon as one is over. So we've been busy both trying to identify the 2013 class, which, of course, we've now done, and uh, we've also been busy planning uh, this event. Now, the third thing that I would mention, Larry and Cornbread, is that you know the, the Hall of Fame is open 364 days a year, every day except Christmas. It is, uh, in our humble opinion, America's premier sports museum. So our people, uh, when they're not working on the enshrinement process, 
they're working on making this museum a really spectacular place uh, where people can come and not only learn about the trials and tribulations of uh, Hall of Famers, but really the museum contains information about all the great games and all the great uh, people that have played the game or coached the game. I tell you, it's that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it a just, busy place. You know, America loves football, as you know. Uh, football is by far America's favorite sport by a factor of four to one over any other sport. And so uh, not only do they love watching the games on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, uh, but they also enjoy coming to the Hall of Fame to learn about how did this game get started and who were some of the early pioneers. But we also have information in the museum, not just about history, but also about last week. For example, if a uh, game is played and a rookie breaks a new record, or like last year, uh, Drew Brees threw a pass that broke one of Johnny Unitas' passing records, uh, even though that's something happening right now, we get that football and we put it in the museum so fans can come and actually see things that uh, are important to the history of this game. Wow, that's a great stuff. I mean, just to, it's amazing, I guess, some of the records that still stand and some of the records that, have, especially the passing records that have been broken pretty, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them over the last uh, several years because the game has changed. But mm -hmm. it's just great to, um, you know, see that happening and, and seeing it being um, kept. So, right. Right. you know, our youth, our youth can. You know, obviously us as as adults, but also our youth and the people that will be coming after us, that we keep that, that uh, history. Exactly, yeah, and preserve it. We When we did our expansion, one of the main driving forces was that we wanted to make our environmental control system state-of-the-art. That is, a system that can precisely control the temperature and the humidity in the building so mm -hmm. that we are properly preserving those documents and artifacts, uh, as you say, so that future generations will have the opportunity to see the original uh, document and it won't be deteriorated. Now, I I believe, uh, Steve, that uh, you are the first African-American uh, to be the director, uh, president and executive director of the Hall of Fame. Uh, congratulations on, on, on paving that uh way for the next you know the next uh you know, eligible well, uh, African American. It's it's just good to see that. Obviously we're we're breaking still breaking down doors, but congratulations on Thank you. On well, that. as a matter of fact, uh, you could actually think about the whole uh industry of pro football, or for that matter basketball, but while we're talking about football uh, if you compare the football industry with the steel industry or with the automotive industry or with the mining industry and say uh, which industry has made uh, greater strides in terms of including um, people of diverse backgrounds in all levels of the organization, well, I think football, uh, while it certainly has a lot more to go, has done a pretty good job, including the fact that uh, you've got people in NFL front offices uh, you certainly have head coaches nowadays, and obviously we have players. So I think a lot of other industries could look to the football industry uh, and learn as to how do you make uh, diversity a value 
in uh, your industry or your organization. I totally agree. Definitely big. And also you mentioned the players, but specifically I'm happy, and I'm sure Brett too, uh, uh, just to see the quarterback, you know, that whole face has changed. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the diversity there has changed the game tremendously. Sure has. Yeah. It's been a lot well, of change. football and all sports are really sort of a, a microcosm of our society, or of the world society, and um, it is that's one of the things I think makes the game interesting, uh, because uh, not only is it a game, but we here at the Hall of Fame believe that there are a lot of positive life skills that one can learn from either playing football or being a football um, spectator. For example, you learn teamwork, for sure, because you cannot survive in football if you don't work together as a team. You learn things like uh, being uh, disappointed or being knocked down or having uh, a situation where you don't achieve your goals, but you go back at it again. You're persistent. Uh, You learn to uh, set high goals. You learn to uh, keep yourself in good condition so that you can achieve high goals. So when you think about it, those are the very same life skills uh, that it takes to be successful in any career, whether you're being a football player or you're being a, a teacher or a lawyer or a physician or whatever it might be. If a person uh, develops those kinds of skills, then they can be successful in any field of endeavor. Totally agree. Well, Steve, you have some great enshrinees. Uh Let's, if we can, just, uh, I'll run through them real quick, mm-hmm. but I'm sure everyone is aware. You have uh, Larry Allen, of course, from, right. I'm a big Cowboy fan, so yeah. of course I know who Larry Allen is. My partner, yeah. Brad, he, of course, he's uh, he's not a Cowboy fan, but we're trying to convert him. Okay. Well, <laughs> you that, might know that, that. Uh, the person who's going to uh, present Larry Allen for enshrinement is the Cowboys' owner, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, beautiful. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's great. I mean, that's it's it's great seeing the Cowboys. We keep doing our thing, so we just got to win that next championship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. So when well, you see Jerry, because I won't be there, tell him we're, we're hurting out here. We're waiting. We're waiting yeah. for the next one. Well, everybody is. <laughs> well, I'm a Cleveland's Browns fan here in, oh, in Canton, Ohio, so you, so really you know I've been waiting face. longer than you. <laughs> no, no, which, which Brown are you, the Baltimore Browns or the regular Browns? The regular Browns, <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> you got Chris oh, Carter. Yes. Who's, I mean, he's waited a long time to get he's in. He's waited a long time, but you might have heard his statement after he got in, and, and Dave Robinson, who waited 34 years, said the same thing, that while he was waiting, it was painful, but now that he has been selected, the wait was worth every minute. So I think oh, that's, that's great. how they feel. That's great. Uh, quickly, uh, I'll just run these through for our listeners in case they're not aware. Steve, we got Curly uh, Culp mm-hmm. uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we have Jonathan Ogden, which uh, played for the Baltimore Ravens. Excellent, tremendous player. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my, uh, I tell you, I love love this guy. He um, he gives his heart and soul, and uh, I guess he leaves it on his sleeve, so to speak. And but all his players speak very highly of him, and he's won numerous Super Bowls. That's I'm speaking of, of course, Bill Parcells. Yes, 
That was really, really great to finally be able to, to see him get in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have Dave Robinson. Green uh, Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, that's Super correct. Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two. There you go. You're talking about somebody who's waited a long time. Yes. He's waited a very long time. And, it kept, yeah. and of course, just going back to Bill Parcells, I'm sure everyone knows, but, of course, of the Giants. He's coached many, many, many teams. New England... Uh, the Cowboys, of course, mm-hmm. um, and the Jets here um, out of New York. So definitely has uh, earned his stripes. He's done some great jo- great work with mm-hmm. all those organizations. And then last not but not least, uh, Steve, is Warren Sapp. Wow. Yeah, certainly not least. What a bundle <laughs> of, of energy. Warren Sapp is uh, constantly on the move. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, so we have a 2013 class. Any? Do you have any any words regarding the class 2013? Well, uh, one thing uh, you know, we met them all at the Super Bowl when uh, they were announced, and we spent a couple of days with them, just letting them know uh, what had just happened to them and the fraternity that be, they've become a part of, and then giving them a little bit of information about. Uh, what the enshrinement process would be. And I'll tell you, they are all really, really humbled and thrilled uh, by being honored with enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. uh, Each one of them would say, you know, this is a a dream come true, something I thought I'd never would would see happen or something I don't know that I really deserve because they go in uh, and they become part of a group where some of the other people in the group were their idols when they grew up, you know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing, uh, and I'm sure they get goosebumps when they are greeted by some of the Hall of Famers that they'll uh, uh, now be associated with. So they're very appreciative, and uh, I'm sure they're all looking forward to a celebration for their family and their friends and their fans uh, here in Canton, Ohio, during the weekend. Definitely, definitely agree with that. If you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to the president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, of course, which is Mr. Stephen Perry. Steve, a couple couple more questions uh, mm-hmm. before we wrap. Uh, should punters be able to be in the in the Hall of Fame? Yes, uh, anyone. Uh, the way we think of it is, anyone who has had a really significant impact on the game. Uh, uh, is a candidate to be considered for the Hall of Fame. Oftentimes people say, you know, could you write the history of the game or could you write the story of pro football without mentioning so-and-so? And And if Mm -hmm. the answer is no, if you say, you know, that guy had such a big impact on the way the game is played or uh, had such an impact on the championships won or what have you, then that person deserves to be in. Now, so that becomes the question. I mean, we already have kickers in. Some, uh, in the old days, when players went both ways, uh, they were kickers. So some of the guys who are all already in might have gone in as a quarterback, but they right. might also have been the punter on their team. So we mm-hmm. definitely have some uh, uh, punters and uh, field goal kickers, obviously Lou Groza, uh, who are in the game. But, you know, people still consider some of the guys like Ray Guy and others who... Yep. Um, uh, his name comes up each year for consideration, and uh, you know it gets debated. Sometimes, you know, you look at all the other people 
that are eligible, and uh, the selectors have the very difficult uh, responsibility of deciding, okay, do I put this running back in, or do I put this wide receiver in, or I put this quarterback in, or I put this offensive uh, guard, or, or I put this kicker. I don't think that they uh, take a position that kickers can't get in. I right. think they just uh, say, well, you know, where does that person stack up against everybody else that's eligible in any given year? I know. It's tough, though, because the right guy, I mean, had a chance to see a little bit of what he would do and, and a really good kicker, in mm-hmm. this case, obviously, a punter um, we're talking about, can really change change the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have, uh, I'm sure Parcells and a lot of other great coaches would say that. So I really, we really do hope that he can have a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he is a, a guy that would that should be in. So mm-hmm. I'll keep my fingers crossed for him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, uh, hopefully, come next year, you know, if we talk again next year for the next 2014 enshrinement, that his name is there. I really do hope so. And I'm not a Oakland Raider fan, but I'm sure all those Oakland Raider fans right now are like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they agree. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely about it. Uh, you mentioned uh, the punters and kickers that are in. What about the officials? How come they're not? inducted well again they would be eligible we do have some officials who uh, are really you know well known and we have one person I can't even tell you his name right now I can't think of it right now but people often um, raise his name because he's had so much to do with uh, helping to uh, change the rules over the course of the years to uh, make it a, a safer game and things of that nature so Mm-hmm. Nobody is ruled out. We don't we don't have anything in our bylaws that says a official can't be in. There, as you know, there are three categories. Uh, you can be eligible as a player, you can be eligible as a coach, or you mm-hmm. can be eligible in the category that we call contributor. And that's where uh, people that are either owners or administrators or commissioners uh, with the National Football League or with a given team uh, have the opportunity. So. Uh, anybody that's in any of those three categories is eligible, and people have to nominate them. They have to present information about their qualifications and how did they really change the game? What did they do? And the, and the selectors look at that. And um, as I say, sometimes for some of these uh, positions or some of these individuals, it's not a question of whether they're going to get in the Hall of Fame. It's just a question of when, when are they going to get when. in. Right. Now, is there um, now? Obviously, all the enshriners they they uh, receive a bust that is yes. placed in the Hall of Fame. Yes. How did, how did that all originate? Was that you know well, because in baseball they they do an actual bust as well, I guess, but also yeah. with the hat. And uh, football doesn't actually place a team. Is there is that um, any particular reason why? Well, uh, we sort of place a team in a way. We 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 don't put you know the bronze bus doesn't show any color, so it doesn't have a jersey that's a particular team color. But uh, we certainly show the uh, team that the individual spent most of his career with uh, when we have photos or whatever of that individual. Typically, that is the case. Now mm-hmm. these days, uh, you know, in the old days, uh, you either played all your career with one team. Or you played, you know, 90% of your career with one team, and then you might have finished up your last year or two with another team. 
So right. it was easy to identify what team you were associated with. Uh, these days, more and more players almost spend 25% of their time with one team, 25 with another, 25 with another, 25 with another. So it, it's a little more uh, difficult, like, um, you know, to, to identify what team. But we tend to, at least in the photographs, we do have to pick one team that was their dominant team, and uh, we show that team. Now, going back to the bust, uh, I can't tell you exactly uh, who came up with the idea 50 years ago, but it was decided that uh, the way to immortalize a pro football player was to have a bronze bust sculpted <clears throat> and placed in the museum. You know, they say that that bronze last for 4,000 years, so uh, wow. they, they will be in there <laughs> for hey, a hey, long Frank. period of time. Yeah. I think we got to get a bus made, myself, you, and as well as Steve. Well, Steve <laughs> may already have one made up. <laughs> oh, I wish, but no, only the Hall of Famers down here. But that's a great 1, way to honor them. There are, there, there are 3,000, I'm sorry, three things that we uh, use to... Uh, uh, you know, symbolize the fact that someone's in the Hall of Fame. One is the bronze bust. The okay. second one is the Hall of Fame gold jacket that yes. they receive when they're here. And then the third one is the Hall of Fame ring. And uh, they receive the bronze bust and the gold jacket when they're here in Canton during Enshrinement Week next weekend. Yes. But the uh, Hall of Fame ring is actually presented to them back in their home stadium in one of the games during the upcoming season. So that way, uh, all their fans back in their hometown in their home stadium will get to see them uh, receive their ring in the at the halftime of one of the games. Is that something you do, Steve? Yes, I have okay. the honor, typically along with the team owner, to go out on the field at halftime and uh, present the ring in front of eighty thousand fans. So it's great. That's and then great. typically it's on the TV as well. Yes. Yes, that's got to be great feeling for you, being able to, yes. like you said, the exclusive class of the best of the best, and you you have an opportunity to present it. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. That's pretty awesome. It really is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's got to be like adrenaline, you know, makes you feel like, wow, you yeah. know. I tell well, you. it does, because these are people who are... You know, on the one hand, they're special, extraordinary people because of what they've been able to achieve. Very few people have been able to do what they do. On the other hand, most of them are very down-to-earth, you know, wonderful people, uh, God-fearing people, uh, people that uh, try to give back. You know, they know that they've been blessed and they're trying to bless others. So it is a pleasure to work with them, not only because they're great football players, but because they're great people. Definitely, and that's and that's what counts. I, and one to touch one of a quick thing, uh, I tell you, last year I had a chance to take a look at um, you know the 2012 class, mm-hmm. and I tell you, uh, I believe Curtis Curtis Martin was last year, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. I tell you that story blew me away. I mean, yes. I was doing a lot of things, multitasking, mm-hmm. and just to hear, you know, he say, "Listen, I'm gonna bear my soul." Right, and he just no scripts. Right, it's just bang. He just laid yeah. it out, and yeah. I tell you, just I just couldn't. That know, was couldn't, amazing, I, and yeah, and I, I and I think a lot of the Hall of Famers have somewhat similar stories. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times we look at anyone uh, who is very successful in any field of endeavor, and we 
assume that it was easy for them. You know, they were they had the talent, and all they had to do was you know go out there and and do it. But uh, what we all know is that whether you're a musician or you're an actor or you're any kind of professional or a football player, it is not easy. Uh, and in Curtis's case, uh, he started off. Uh, he obviously had the talent, but he was in a neighborhood situation that was a lot of us wouldn't have been able to survive it. And uh, his parents or his grandmother got him engaged in football so that he could be safe um, in the neighborhood. And um, he learned to love the game over a period of years. But uh, I'll bet there are other football players, either Hall of Famers or other football players, who could tell you that if it wasn't for football, uh, they would have had a much worse situation. Which, you know, kind of brings us to today's players. Uh, we hear the stories of some of the players who have not conducted themselves well and they get in trouble with the law, and the media uh, tends to focus on that. But what we also know is that a large majority of the players uh, do play by the rules. Uh, they do conduct themselves in the way they should. They're great sportsmen. Uh, they do things for their communities and it would be nice if we could hear more of those stories as opposed to the the arrests and the other kinds of stories that we hear. I agree. Well noted. Uh, Brad, you got anything for Steve before we wrap the show? Well, I'm looking forward to meeting him. I, I was out that way in April, but I didn't know that you were in charge of the stuff. So mm -hmm. next time, I'll be sure to uh, hit you up on my okay. uh, Ventures out in the Midwest because I was, I love the road, but it's nothing for me to come out to camping and get a, a red carpet tour. That's that, down my alley. Okay, well, we look forward to it, Brett. I'd love to see you out here. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I know you will. Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, I've had it many times and just didn't know I had the key to get in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got the key to get in, I'm good to go. <laughs> right. Well, look for us on, uh, on look for us on television uh, Saturday night, seven o'clock uh, oh, Eastern Time, when we have the enshrinement ceremony, and then again on Sunday at eight p.m. when we have the uh, NFL Hall of Fame game, Cowboys and the and the Miami Dolphins. Definitely, Steve. What we're going to do is uh, this has been great. Uh, we know you have to run, but uh, we appreciate. We'll have you back on. I know you have several other programs. Um, but uh, perhaps we can circle back at another time to touch our nose uh, when things kind of slow down in your schedule. So okay, you know, we we yeah. thank you so much for for, for joining us. My and, pleasure. Uh, Thanks. We, I appreciate. No, you're gonna. Yeah, and we know you're gonna have a successful uh, enshrinement. So uh, we'll all be uh, looking out and saying, "Hey, that was the guy I was just listening to <laughs> on LC and Jack oh, yeah. Radio Show." Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. We will make All sure right. he's blown up on Facebook. That's for sure. <laughs> Love doing that. All right. Great. Thank you so much, Larry and Brett. I appreciate it. Thanks again, right. Steve. Yeah. We'll Be talk back. to you real soon. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Brett, another great guest, another uh, great show. And, um, you know, we keep rolling them out. So uh, just a great opportunity to learn, get the insight of, you know, the process you know, really the behind the scenes, the guy that's in charge that kind of makes everything happen. I mean, he's not, he doesn't do it all, but he's the quarterback. And, you know, that's what's important to make these things happen. Somebody's got to kind of, you know, rally up the troops and, um, you know, get this thing ready for 
the big day, which is coming up on Saturday. Scott, I know you got a couple shout outs. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple shout outs that even ain't called me for a minute. <laughs> I want to give a special long time frame shout out to my girl Joan Travels down in D.C. Uh, big up to her. I just hooked back up with her. So she just wanted me to give her a quick plug, real quick, on her YTB vacation travel. Just check her out. Log on to www.ytbtravelvacations.com slash 1180744 and check her out if you want to take a vacation on her. She's got some good hookups on that. And I got a couple of birthday shout-outs to Miss Kathleen Dwyer, Julie Sloan, Miss Callie Brooks, Dale McPherson, Tabitha Newby, Yolanda Cox, my boy Zach Capers, and Miss Alicia Allens, who's going to be celebrating her 30th birthday bash tonight at Jones Cafe on Bowen. You know, Google it and get the address, and I hope to see you guys there tonight. That's my shout-out tonight on the LC and Jack radio show. Well, Brett, yep, definitely. And uh, mine is short and sweet because I know we're running over here on time, but uh, I want to give a shout-out to you and all our listeners out in the mix. Thank you again for supporting us. Make sure you tune in uh, to the, uh, again, the NFL. NFL. (laughs) Everyone does it, I'm sure. The Pro Football Hall of Fame Enshrinement. Make sure you check us out at lcandjack.com. LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. Thank you so much for joining us and continuing the show to be so successful. Uh, so uh, thanks again there, Brad, and um, we look forward to doing it again next week. Till then, stay safe, stay sound. God bless. Peace.